everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Just as I've read a comment saying it's a live happening. Yeah, we're here. Hi guys. We're here. Um, so I put this on the page and I'll just reiterate it here. We've had one of you, two of you, um, hang on, let me just um express like frustration, should we say, that um the lives don't come with like a schedule per of per time of times per week. Um, normally they're Mondays and Fridays at 3:45. That's normally what we aim to do, and we can get consistent with that good block sometimes um but if one of us is away like obviously I'm on a family holiday right now um and if Emma's traveling Emma likes to go traveling with Amelia um and then time difference has to factor in there are just some weeks of every round or you know of every couple of rounds where we kind of just have to do the best we can do um and but we promise you that every week for three years now we've done two to our lives um, without fail. And don't forget, you can always watch them back on the page. You can always listen to them back on the podcast and you can always post your questions on the questions post as well, it's there. Um, and of course, as always, just tag us. But yeah, uh, we hope that makes sense. And otherwise, you know, we, it, it would just be impossible to be in the exact same place at the exact same time every single week after week after week. Because Emma and I, we roll the EC method on. We don't really take breaks. So um, yeah, it's just not, not likely. Yeah. Yeah, this is never going to happen. And also just life happens as well. Like, as much as we try and avoid it, like, now and again, it'll be an hour before the live and, like, something happens and we have to move it. But we are consistent with, I think that's quite impressive, two years of never missing. Three, Emma. Three years of never missing. Three and a half. And And I think we've had one week where we did one live. And I think there was a reason why it was like a crossover, a turnover week. So we ended up going into the new group and yeah. no it is really impressive I'm really proud of, I I cannot remember a trip I took in the last three and a half years where I, we didn't do an easy method live yeah. which I think is really commendable and again I think people are like well you know we schedule a team meeting every Friday at four so but like I say this isn't like this is seven days a week 365 days of the year and and we travel and we do things and yeah Bodhi add to that had to cancel two lives since Bodhi was born just because Bodhi's a complete hand grenade and no one knows what's going to happen. Um, but no, I'm, I'm proud of us. I think we're doing good with the lives. Yeah. And I think it's quite cool. Like you tuning in from different places or like I'm in Texas or like you're off in France or Dubai. So I kind of like it. Like, where are they? I know. Although this isn't really the most enticing vista. The one in front of me is good, but I'm not wearing any pants. So I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> stay seated this whole life <laughs> fair enough um okay Tamsin's just saying morning happy Sunday morning I've made a live um probably needed it for my reset mm-hmm. uh Chan is at a BJJ class and Polly's saying good morning as well that's it I saw BJJ BJJ talk I saw Roger Gracie at um uh 
but a kind of restaurant bar I was at in London a couple of weeks ago. My God, is that man sexy? James is like, Chloe, stop staring at him. I was like, I can't. I literally, I'm like completely in, t- in my own head obsessed with him. He's so hot. It's a joke. Wait, I don't know who you're talking about. Who is it? Not photogenic. You won't get it. You have to meet him. He's Roger Gracie. He's like, all hail King martial arts man. Um, oh, yes. I see. Because yeah. I honestly, like, you know, when you're just like, I'm so, James is like, please relax. I'm like, I'm so attracted to him. <laughs> like, it hurts my vagina. Please, <laughs> 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 we're off to a good start. Yeah, we are. I'm just going to get up the, po- the questions post now. Um, okay. okay. Oh, do we have anything else on the live? No, we're up to date. Okay. Priya, hello, my lovely Clemmer. One of my goals is to be able to do 10 unassisted pull-ups by the end of this year. I was previously uh, able to do three, but I've gone back to the assisted machine to get better. My question is, what is the difference between a pull-up and a chin-up? And is one easier? I've been doing them with a narrow grip and palms facing towards me. My husband says that this is a chin-up. I don't really care too much about the difference. To be honest, I just want to be able to pull up my own body weight regardless, but I was wondering if I should concentrate on one variation if it's easier. Thank you. So there's so much terminology and it, like, it's really, yeah, I mean, some a lot of people would say a chin-up is, yeah, the close grip underhand, um, whereas a pull-up would be like a wide grip um, overhand, and that's much, much, much harder, without a shadow of a doubt, um, in my opinion. No, it is. It just is. Um, so, so, but, but really terminology, semantics, who cares? Like, whatever. Um, if you want to keep it easier, try a neutral grip or yeah, that what you're doing already. Um, yeah. Emma. Yeah. Um, I guess the, yeah, they are different exercises slightly in your work, more biceps doing the chin-ups. Um, and then I get, yeah, pull-ups are definitely harder um 10 pull-ups is really hard and it I feel like when I say this I'm a bit like blowing my own trumpet but like it's really like I don't know many women that can do 10 pull-ups and the reason I'm saying this isn't to be like don't have that goal but like if you're doing three and you want to get 10 by the end of the year that is a big goal mainly because there's such a strength to body weight ratio exercise like you need both that's what I was gonna say yeah yeah, like, you have to be, you have to be very able to do more than three by the end of the year for sure. But like, te- I, I, yeah, I think I could, and within the fitness industry, name like on one hand, maybe two hands, like the women that can do well, CrossFit girls definitely, yeah. can, but who aren't? No, like- I mean, it's, it's it can be it's fleeting as well. So I used to be able to do like full sets of pull ups when I was very very lean obviously having trained for a long period of time in the gym with real muscle mass very very lean I could do it it was absolutely fine but Emma's right like even even now if I were to I don't know get that shredded again um and you know train in the way that I train it's such a skill to work on and to as Emma said it's all encompassing of strength to body weight ratio um and and it's skill as well it's a real it's a skillful move um and the way it's it's gymnastic it's it, the way you hold yourself is 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 pivotal to pulling it off so it is a really hard move i would say 
the better you get at chin-ups, the more likely you are to increase your, your pull-ups. But yeah, why don't you try, you say you do three now, why don't you try in the short term to aim for five chin-ups and aim for two pull-ups and see how you get on. Mm-hmm. And when you said they're like, oh, should I just aim for chin-ups because they're the easiest one if I want to hit 10? Like that's one way to think about it. But I always do like a mix of the two. So I'll do like one set neutral grip, one set reverse grip. So like a chin-up and then one set wider grip. So you're practicing all of your back. And again, getting naked on the line. Fine. You look great. Thanks, Thanks. Uh, guys, I don't know if people know, Emmy's got this like mouth thing. So if she, she's not as, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I'm not feeling great. This yeah. is the worst I've felt in like a really long time. Yeah, for Emma to say that she doesn't feel well, which she's been saying to me for the last two days, is like, it's yeah. quite a big deal. It's quite mouth. a big deal. She's um, got this mouth thing. It makes me like I miss eating so much like it's just so painful and then I'm like oh I'm so hungry and then I'll eat something and I'm like oh my god it's so painful and then I'm like I wish I hadn't eaten and like, oh yeah I mean that when it's in your mouth I remember once I had a root canal and it got infected and the first round of antibiotics didn't work so I had it like in my mouth for like two weeks and I just remember like crying to my dad I was like an adult as well I was in my early 20s and being like it's in it's in my face like it was horrific so I feel you it's shit you'll get better don't worry yeah I'm sure it'll be fine okay um Lisa I've done a workout and made the live all by 10 a.m on a Sunday well done that is winning okay Gemma Emma I saw your face when I said reset I've been so so busy with four kids I can see why work holidays etc my nutrition hasn't been the best and I'm really struggling I've not reached out because to be honest, it's for me to do. I know what's needed. Any tips would be helpful. Plan, come up with a plan in terms of everything. What days a week are you going to go to the gym and at what times? And I know with four kids and a job and domestic activities, that's asking a lot. But honestly, if you can really try and be like, okay, I can get to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday before work. Or I can train on Saturday and Sunday. So all I need to do is pick one one day in the week after work where I can go to the gym and be flexible with it, but have a rough plan of how you're going to do this. Um, And the same with your food. What breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks do I like that I know hit my calories? Um, Go do a food shop, potentially meal prep, if that's something that you you think you could benefit from, potentially meal prep. Um, And and it's always really hard to get the ball back rolling um, for, you know, I would say, really up to one to one to four days but then once it's in motion it's very easy to keep it in motion um so yeah yeah I would focus on like winning those first three days getting back into routine and then as Chloe's saying it gets so much easier once you've done that um what else was I going to say I think reminding yourself as well that like small actions matter too so even if you can't hit your step target like doing something or even if you can't get to the gym doing a couple of push-ups like is significantly better than nothing and I think I can't remember who it was I screenshot it from the group but someone was talking about something that really clicked for them which was like making their quote-unquote bad weeks just slightly less bad and how much of an impact that had had and I think Mm. that's what you need to think about here like you might be like it is a completely unrealistic next week to get in three gym workouts hit my steps and do all of this so it's quite easy to think 
I'll just do it the week after or I'll just start again the next week and actually mitigating almost like the I don't like this terminology but like reducing the damage that you're doing by still doing something that's pushing you towards your goals is and then we normally compare ourselves to like doing nothing to being perfect instead of like where where you normally are which is like being completely off track being perfect and actually if you can just go from being completely off track to like sitting in the middle somewhere that's still going to be a really good week here here and and this is when we talk about long-term results we talk about big picture consistency instead of day-to-day perfection or emma's terminology which is much better imperfect action we talk about the kind of being able to order a cheeseburger not being scared of it but not finishing it because you're full and that's just an example these are long-term changes which will have a huge impact on your your actual physique but also your your body image your mental perception of your physique um when you start to take care of your body but also be able to live your life and 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 what that does call for is small edits what as we said what can I do what can I do um always and you know I'm I'm on holiday for example I don't want to be in the gym I'm training most days which is a local gym I don't want to be in the gym for an hour I don't want to like I, it's sunny Bodie's here she's got a little sun hat on I want to be with her like so this is why I'm here so I'm going into the gym I'm doing 20 minute workouts and I'm leaving now that for me is subpar like I'm normally in the gym for an hour but I'm like fuck it I'm doing something and that has a huge impact on my physique every day that I'm here um so yeah it is I love that it's such it's such good advice what can I do it doesn't have to be perfect but it will have a huge impact and when you zoom out as well because like I think what's hard is that realistically making that small choice now has no impact right so like doing a 10 minute workout today will do absolutely nothing but then when you zoom out and you realize like do you think that doing a 10 minute workout every other day compared to doing nothing would have an impact over a year a hundred percent yes yeah or even over your lifespan even when you think same with things like journaling it's like well journaling today is probably you know you might have an epiphany but like probably not going to do that much but spending 10 minutes every day journaling genuinely could change your life like you Mm -hmm. kind of change the way that you think about things you start seeing the positives and things and then you completely change your outlook on life and how much you enjoy it now will that happen after a week no but after a year of just spending like five to ten minutes a day reflecting yeah it has this huge impact and it's just so hard to get your head around like these small things that you do daily that have a massive impact on your life yeah but every time you see someone on your like whether it's a performance goal or a physique goal and you're like I want to be able to do that or I wish that I could have that kind of physique. Like these are people who've who've come to this realization, who've come to this understanding of like, oh, it's these small efforts over time that add up. And that's why they can do 10 pull-ups. And that's why they can, you know, I don't know, maintain a lean physique when they're away and instead of falling in the fuck it bucket because they're on holiday. Like they these these are the real lessons that that are gonna make the biggest difference to your life, your mental health and your physical, your physicality as well okay good um right Liz I still can't do much upper body training due to AC joint injury looks like it's a torn ligament or possibly osteoarthritis okay should I still aim for three workouts a week lower body or should I do two lower body and add in some cardio or a long walk thanks I'm two to three lower body a week I'm happy with if you're happy with it I wouldn't certainly wouldn't do more than that and yeah, I like I would say like any 
two to three cardio sessions a week as well I'm more than happy with it's nice healthy happy amount um really it's whatever you whatever you think suits you you best and what you want yeah yeah I, I guess like if the question is like will you be able to recover from it yeah especially if you're leaving like a rest day in between and you're getting in enough sleep and you're fueling yourself well there's no reason you shouldn't especially Liz who like isn't new to training yeah agreed all right okay Emma Goldsmith hey ladies I think her profile photo is her in front of the TARDIS I'm not sure if this is appropriate for the life but I was wondering about children specifically what the average protein requirements for an 11 year old would be and if they can take protein powder my son loves a bowl of porridge and I tried mine with some powder in it the other day he absolutely loves it and now he wants it himself but I'm not sure if it's frowned upon or even damaging no whey protein and children is not a problem whey protein is basically hydrolyzed milk powder that's what it is there's absolutely nothing wrong with giving it to children it's fine I wouldn't at this at this age or at this point be concerned with how many grams of protein should my child be having I would just say make sure he has protein in his breakfast lunch and dinner and that's all you need to worry about really Emma yeah I think I sometimes I think you can well I definitely think you can go like a little bit too in depth with kids nutrition like I always try and keep it quite like a generally healthy diet with some things that they enjoy and not over worry about it but yeah there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with him having some protein in his porridge um okay jenny k hello bonjour ladies oh i appreciate that jenny thank you i need some help with my maintenance i really struggle to eat consistently at maintenance i think my maintenance is around two thousand calories as i'm five foot eight and very active mm, potentially more the thing is i'm either not hungry or i'm way more hungry I can easily eat 1200 calories on a busy, not hungry day, but then a day or so later, I'm starving again and I eat 2500 calories. Yeah, that's because you did 1200 like the day before. So you need to get some consistency. It doesn't matter, guys, if you're how I always say we need to get some kind of structure and consistency with your diet that should apply across the board, whether you're in fat loss, maintenance, like building muscle. Otherwise, this kind of thing is going to happen. It's inevitable. Now, if you don't have a fat loss goal, it's less of a problem. But and again, as we said in the long run, this stuff adds up. Like, let's just try get some consistency, even if you're not in a fat loss phase, like all of you. Um, she says, I'm pushing myself to try Chloe's eat every three hour trick and it does work. But within a couple of days, I'm forcing down food or restricting to not graze. What am I doing wrong? So... Emma, do you want to take that one on the grazing thing? So this is quite interesting because I remember, like, I always think before you got into fitness, like as a child, your eating patterns are so much more genuinely intuitive, right? As in, like, you do actually usually genuinely stop when you're full. And yeah, okay, there's more satiating foods and whatever, but you're normally eating what you want to satiety. And I remember my mum used to always say that I had like eating days and then days that I just had no interest in food. And I don't yeah. know if it's actually just like to some extent common. Now I agree with Chloe that you should probably train yourself out of that to an extent because it does sound like even though you're not, you're feeling you're not particularly hungry on certain days, that actually that does catch up with you. And that's probably one of the reasons that on other days you're really hungry. 
which would make a lot of sense. Now, there's nothing wrong with being like, oh, my maintenance is about 2000. So some days I eat 1600 and some days I eat 2200. Mm. That's fine. Like I do that. That's I think that's completely normal. And, you know, you have busy days or you have meals out and the same principles apply when we talk about fat loss calories as being an average and you could bank some calories during the week because you're going out on the weekend. The same is true at maintenance. You just have now more calories to play with. But what we want to avoid is the extreme of some days I just eat 1200 calories and then other days I eat, you know, almost 3000 calories. We want to avoid those swings anywhere in between that, like allow yourself some flexibility. If you've got a day where you're like, I'm just really not that hungry. Fine, but be sensible with it. Don't be like, I'm not that hungry. I'm going to go to bed having only 800 calories. Yeah, I completely agree with Emma. Like, I, we again, we don't have any issue with sometimes being, you know, and Emma and I both both agreed on this. We'll have days where we eat lower calorie and less food and days where we eat higher calorie, more food. And that's fine. That's human. That's normal. That's completely fine. But as she said, this big swing of from 1,200 to 2,500 to 3,000, that is all that's going to do is, is can keep that pendulum swinging. Um, we need to try find some middle ground. What's really interesting is that she finishes it by saying, in fat loss, I had no problems eating 17 to 1900 calories every day for weeks on end. Thank you. Which leads me to believe this is really psychological. You obviously don't have an issue hitting a calorie bracket. And between 1700 to 1900 isn't restrictive, nor is it high. It's just this really nice moderate intake for a, a female um, who's hopefully doing the things that we're telling you to do reactivity um so this makes me think that it's psychological and now you're like I'm out of fat loss so you have days where you're kind of well I suppose so you've become less food focused and in a way that's a really good thing that's that's kind of what we want but as I said like full circle back to my initial point you still have to have some structure around your diet and I don't mean that now you can't go out on Friday and have an impromptu dinner with your partner that's fine as well that's completely fine but by and large you need some structure on your diet all this is going to happen so um, I think it is a psychological thing and you need to stop seeing it as like I'm on a diet now I'm off a diet don't do that just see it as your diet your food intake your daily food intake um, and like I say, allow for these kind of like on a whim meals and higher calorie days. That's normal. That's life. And it would be really shit if that wasn't normal or life. So that's fine. But by and large, try and get that structure in. OK, Shona says I have three really good days at the moment and I start to feel a bit better. I start to feel a bit better. I ruin my diet and eat way over calories. Um, it's a constant cycle. I don't know how to get past this. I've been trying for years to lose weight. Are some people unflexible? No, nobody's unflexible. And everyone is completely capable of losing fat. Like it's not an ability problem. But this often, like this is quite common. And it's often really like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you're, you're already telling yourself this. Like one, you've like confirmed this story for years of I do well for three days and then something happens. And then when you're in that cycle and you tell yourself that, when anything does happen, even vaguely around that three day mark, you're like, well, happened, did it like, oh, and then you just compound that by your further behaviors instead of thinking, oh, after about three days, realistically, in a three day period of time, something will happen in most people's lives that isn't perfect. Like if you've got three days and you're like, this is how I wanted it to be, within that period, something's gonna go just slightly wrong or hey you've got a meal out or the weekend comes up or 
you forgot to bring your lunch or something, right? That is life. Now, if you let that derail you, then you'll get stuck in the cycle. If you just say, oh yeah, okay, well, next meal I'll do better. Or, okay, it's a, it was, I don't know, 200 calories over my target. This is the other thing to remember. If, for example, your maintenance is 2000 calories and you're consuming for fat loss 1600 calories and you go over your calories by 200 calories, you're still in a deficit and you're still losing body fat. And I think people forget that. They're like, oh, I've gone over my calories. No, you can go over your calories every single day and still lose body fat because you're still in a deficit, right? It's not this black and white thing and it doesn't get reset at midnight. Like it's a fluctuating thing that you need to consistently be expending more energy than you consume over time. Not in these like one good meal, one bad meal. Like don't let that stuff put you off. Think about the averages over time. And the other, and this is a little bit of tough love, but I think when you get in this cycle, you're often almost using it as an excuse. Like anything that could be like, if you're like, oh, I ate a cookie. Oh, well, there's nothing else I can do. I'll just end up eating more of them. And it's like, you need to call yourself out on that and be like, this isn't an excuse to then eat more. Like eating slight or like having one quote unquote bad meal or meal that wasn't tracked or not hitting your protein or something isn't an excuse to then continue down that path it's like okay so that wasn't perfect but the next choice I make can be in line with my goals yeah I agree with everything you're saying and I think I get it as well I think it's a cyclical problem that once you're in this cycle of like doing what you're doing or your behaviors with food it's really really hard and you do get to a point sometimes where you think and I know I've been there and I'm sure everyone's been there where you do think like oh my god why isn't why can't I get a fucking grip on this um, and I can I can hear in your question that's kind of where you're at and that's really normal um what it really takes is some real fucking effort like I say structure discipline planned approach for a few days and shock horror it gets very easy I think it's this there's this hurdle in the middle so it's like I'm stuck in this pattern and I can't seem to break it and why can't I do it and then you have to have to have a dedicated push period right here and then this bit gets really easy and you're in a new cycle you're in a new pattern and it's easy um and then trying really hard not to divert too far away from that so like I say you have an impromptu dinner out that's one thing but maybe don't keep loads of cookies in the house if that's what you find that you're overeating every day that's another thing um so yeah that, that's I just think you just need to plan yourself a really concerted full of effort few days and you'll be surprised at how much it changes mm-hmm and then it's really like, because if you can get those few days and you've got the momentum going, like, don't let little things pull you off track or like stop that momentum. Just be like, yeah, OK, cool. That happened. But long term, that's not going to make a difference if I don't respond to it by either over restricting or overindulging. Yeah, exactly. OK, great. OK. <laughs> Caroline Walton. Hello, Clement. I have two questions for the live. One is about strength and one is about cardio. I need help as I've had to stop working out for a week due to problems. So one, why am I so weak? I've been doing some form of weightlifting or strength for about four years and had some breaks in between. I seem to be weaker than the average woman to start with. I'm five foot two and about 48 kilograms. So I'm really not big, but I don't seem to make any progress with my strength at all. In particular, I've been massively hindered by a chronic shoulder problem. I had a tendon tear and bursitis recently, but it's been dodgy for 20 plus years. 
For example, I struggle to do bicep curls with four kg. I use three kg for shoulder exercises, which is as much as I can handle, and max five kg for chest, which usually triggers my shoulder, neck, and back. Do you have any recommendations for how to work with this and how to progress? I've had injections and physio loads, so I can't do more than I am doing to treat my shoulder, and I've got to work with it. But I feel like I'm never going to get anywhere with building a decent level of strength. Okay, so you you have a chronic persistent injury in your shoulder which is why you struggle with upper body exercises and that's really normal um so we we you can build muscle I mean really this is again I know you say you've seen physio but really this is for a physio to say I want you doing these exercises to try and build as much muscle as we can around the problem um which is going to help it's going to aid the problem and you're going to get stronger. It might be the physio might have better exercises for you to build muscle in these areas than the ones that we're giving you. Um, so really that's for them. But I mean, I would venture to guess that you maybe should focus if you really want some strength and it sounds like you do and you're frustrated. Why don't we focus on some real kind of hypertrophy strength training on your lower body and do the best that we can there? Because I think psychologically that would help you out a bit here. Yeah, it doesn't sound to me like you're weak. It sounds like you've got an injury. Yeah. It's not that yeah. you're you're weak or yeah. Um, which is hard to deal with. But as Chloe's saying, I definitely see physio. And then she says, cardio. I tried to bring running back into my training, but it's fucking up my back. It's an old problem, but one that I thought I'd get rid of. I am riddled with issues. Is it enough to weight train and walk? I don't mind hip, but I prefer an online class than doing something totally unguided and I find it hard to fit in. I've been listening to Peter Atia's book, Out to Live, and I'm a bit freaked out that I'm not doing nearly enough cardio. Should I do a bit of hip in each workout to get some in? Or is walking and weights okay? I feel like I need to push myself harder, but I'm working with injuries and limitations and it makes it challenging. So yeah, if you have a bad back, absolutely categorically do not do running. It's high impact. It's just going to jar it. It's going to aggravate the problem. That does not mean that you can't do any other form of cardio. There's a lot of low impact, no impact cardio you could do. Um, for example, the cross trainer, you whack up that resistance. You can really push yourself. You can get a sweat on. You can really um, increase your, your, your fitness, your, your endurance. And you don't you don't need to be running um however all that being said yes walking is fine but if you would like to do some form of cardio and all you can think of is walking there's a hell of a lot more things that you could do emma yeah i think adding in some hit would be a good idea and definitely make it low impact to benefit your back yeah get on the cross trainer and warm up for a couple minutes and then every couple minutes whack up the resistance and push yourself for as long as you can go as hard as you can go and then pull the resistance back till you've recovered and do that over and over again after your workout for 10 to 20 minutes. Um, you can do more if you want, you know, just throwing it out there. Um, and that'll help get your fitness up and make you feel better, I think. Okay, anything on the live? Yes, Lisa. Hi, ladies. Just dipping in for a quick question. <clears throat> I'm doing the Yorkshire Three Peaks on Friday. I've decided not to track that day as my head needs to be in the game. Just listening... <clears throat> I'll just listen to my body and eat as needed. Um, but the day before is carbon. I imagine, I imagine that says carb loading a thing. Or would my usual protein slash veg based meal be just as good at fueling me? Um, any any suggestions for snacks during the walk itself? My go to would be protein bars and fruit. Um. I, I like carb loading is very extreme I would definitely have like a carb heavy meal the night before which is going to help you out and breakfast the morning of 
Um, on the walk itself, again, you probably want something more like cereal bars over protein bars for energy. Um, and yeah, that's that's all I have to say on the matter. Yeah, I think people often overthink that. Like, I would agree. Like, have have like pasta for dinner the night before, and then have some porridge in the morning, and you'll be absolutely fine. And agree, three <clears throat> snacks on the way. Like, yeah, fruit and protein bars is fine, but also getting some carbs in there. Yeah. Um, okay, Kerry, finding this so interesting. I've been finding dissociating my personality from what slash how much I eat has been very useful recently. Like delete the search history and mental baggage. That's maybe too avoidant, but it's helping. Like it's fuel, not who I am. Yeah, and it isn't. And same with fat. Like, cool, you're storing some extra energy. Like, it doesn't mean you're a different person or any better or worse than anybody else. It just means you've eaten a bit more than you expended for a period of time and you've stored it. And I do think that that's really useful, like taking the emotion out of that. Otherwise, it can be a really emotive thing and you can like identify as someone who's never able to lose fat or I don't know, like I don't think that's helpful. And when you take it from a more like kind of scientific approach of like, OK, this is how energy balance works and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's kind of easier to then be like, okay, so I just need to do these actions. Right. Okay. Can I do those actions? Yes. Great. And then that's going to result in the fat loss. It's game changing. One of the first things I ever, when I first found Emma's um, Instagram page, it was one of the first posts she'd ever done that I was at, I want to get on my podcast. And it was like, stop attaching emotion to body fat and food. Like stop identifying with it. It's not you. And, and, Awesome. We've talked about this before, you know, it, we're in the food environment we're in now, right? And it's hard for everyone. You're no different because you find it hard to stick to a diet. Emma and I have had periods of our lives where we found it impossible to stick to a diet as well. We've had periods of our lives where we've really slogged through it, done it, but hated every second of it. We've had periods of our lives where it's been fucking easy. We're all, you know, it, life is looks different for all of us. It's constantly um, in transition as are you, and you have to basically, as Emma said, look at the science, know what the devil you're dancing with is, and dance the best dance you can dance at that time. And it's gonna be different every time, it's gonna change every time, but there's nothing wrong with you because you really struggle not to order a pizza at a pizza restaurant. I mean, fucking A, who doesn't? I mean, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, and it's, it's, it's just about seeing it, as Emma said, as this scientific equation and being like, okay, how can I do the best I can do in this specific situation right now? And sometimes it's, fuck it, I'm going to order the pizza and it. Sometimes it's, fuck it, I'm going to order the salad. And sometimes that decision will be easy and sometimes that decision will be hard. And it's not you, it just is, it's just human nature. Yeah, agree. All right, we're up to date on the live. All right. Wait, sorry, we're not. Um, <laughs> is weighing once a week okay if the scales do affect your mindset? even though you know fluctuations are fluctuations. So I said to this that I would prefer, if you're not going to weigh consistently, weigh every 30 days. Because the problem with weighing every week is that you probably will catch a fluctuation at certain times and you might be genuinely losing fat. And then if you already have said that the scales impact your mindset and then the scales have gone up and it's not actually a true representation of what's happening, then what's going to happen? You're going to give up. Or you're going <clears> to <throat> drop your calories or you're going to overeat because it never works for you anyway and and I would say if you've got a poor relationship with scales get your head down for 30 days tick the boxes and then weigh yourself or weigh yourself every day and take the lowest average 
sorry, the lowest weight of the week. <clears throat> yeah. No, a week, a once weekly weight is completely arbitrary. We don't want it. We don't need it. It doesn't mean anything. And everyone who, and I, I don't know if you have been weighing in daily, will know how much the scars can fluctuate day to day. I can be 62 kg one day and 60 the next. I mean, and so we, which day are you going to weigh in on? What is that going to show? You know, so no, don't do that. I agree with Emma once every Thursday or if you every week, the week after your period, every day for that one week a month would be fine, would be good. That would be good data, um, would probably give us an accurate idea of where you are. Um, failing all of the above, if you have a really shit relationship with the scales, don't fucking get on them. It's not worth your mental energy and your mental health a number on a set. It's just so ridiculous. In which case, get away from them, focus on ticking the boxes. Let's take once every three week progress pictures and hope that we see a difference by week six. Um, I mean, ideally week three, but you know, you never it can take, it takes longer to, to gauge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just had a mad uh, message on Instagram actually, which reminded me of that. And it was this woman who's really annoyed that she'd not lost any weight. And she sent me a progress photo and I'm not joking, like completely different. And it just shows how shit our relationship with scale is like as women generally, it's like, why on earth do you care that you've not lost weight? You look like a completely different, like you've clearly lost fat. There's no way in this world that you haven't lost fat. So why do you yeah. care that you, the, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe the scales are wrong or maybe you stupidly weighed yourself in the morning and then in the evening or something like, but there's no denying that like you look completely different than you did before. And like all of your clothes fit better. It's so strange. It's so strange. I don't really understand it either. Like I, I do, I get, no, I do. Like obviously doing what we do, women get so hung up on it. But I put up that photo of Katie, who's now in the EC. She was my one-to-one. She had this like long-term amazing body transformation and her weight minimally fluctuates around the same and always has done. And she looks completely different. Like it's like night and day. Um, and yeah, I just, I do find it really, I don't know. It's, I find it quite depressing to be honest. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> we're up to date on the live. Okay, Rachel Beatty, Beatty. Good morning, can I ask, I know we cannot spot fat loss, but are there any exercises that help with hip and thigh? As I've just got into a denim skirt for my holiday, but it's snug around the back of my thighs, yet it fits on my waist. I'm going away for four weeks, so any tips you have that you can share that may help well, that may help me along the way. Thank you. Emma. <laughs> we love this one because it always starts the same. I know you can't do this, but is there any way that we could do this? Like you might have minimal benefit to working those muscle groups more than other muscle groups. I mean, realistically, probably not. Fat loss is just going to come from where it comes from. A lot of that's genetic and you can't choose it. Yeah. It will come, but you can't you can't say I just want to lose fat on my legs I um had an analogy yesterday when I was cleaning the hob I so I made James and I scrambled eggs for breakfast and I was cleaning the hob afterwards because I'd obviously got egg all over it and some of the bits came away really quickly and easily and some of the bits I had to wipe for like a good two three more minutes to get them off and I, you need to see your body fat like this there there's areas of your body where it's like physiologically for you low hanging fruit when you enter a deficit 
you just slim up like I don't know where do I get I mean I really don't get lean anywhere <laughs> my chest my chest always my, my tits get small right off the bat like that to lose body fat in your more stubborn areas so again for me my lower stomach or for most women their lower body to lose body fat in more stubborn areas sometimes that's where it likes to stick that's your sticking point and you just have to keep going keep going keep going keep going and eventually it will come off but you're not going to lose fat from a targeted area because that's where you were all um you know we I say this like evenly and in a way I do and don't agree with that statement but you're not going to lose it evenly all over your body at a perfect rate it doesn't work like that so your sticking points are going to be the last ones to go and you've just got to keep keep working at it mm-hmm. um this is a really good tip from Gemma as well I've found this useful so she says I found weighing in with different numbers as in like pounds or kilograms has a, a big impact psychologically and I think that's true because a lot of people have 60 kilograms in their head or you know something in their head and actually when you change it into pounds it means not very much to you because you don't remember what that was even though you could in your head do the maths on it I did that post-surgery I was like I only ever work in kilograms so I'm like I don't really know what pounds are so I just worked in pounds and I never yeah. really was looking I also think it's nice I work in kilograms as well but I think pounds is nice as well for people room momentum and seeing like yeah. the rate of yeah and and what was I going to say the same way we talk about carbs like reducing carbs it, it you're going to see a, a drop on the scale and while that's not an initial body fat drop it's still nice psychologically um for momentum for clients to kind of get that ball, ball rolling quite quickly mm-hmm. okay up to date there <clears throat> okay Maggie Freeman I love the name Maggie like it's really yeah, and that, that little girl in hooks called Maggie, and she's ace. Okay. Hi, Clemma. I have a question about caffeine and fat loss. I came across a video of someone saying that caffeine can help accelerate fat loss if you have some just before you exercise. This piques my interest. I've heard of caffeine as a pre-workout, but for more performance than fat loss. As soon as I heard this, I had Emma's wise, wise voice in my head saying, yes, but to what degree? I love my coffee, so I guess my question is, is it true that caffeine can accelerate fat loss? And would it have a significant impact over time? Yes, it is absolutely true. Yes, having caffeine pre-workout is a very good idea for, as you say, uh, performance reasons, but also um, for this reason. Um, However, it doesn't matter because when a fat molecule breaks down, let's say you take caffeine before exercise, you go and exercise. Uh, If you're not in uh, a a significant calorie deficit or a calorie deficit um, over time, these molecules can re-esterify, they can come back together and it doesn't really make any difference at all. So really, yes, it can help. Yes, it can accelerate fat loss. But ultimately, you have to be in in an effective deficit to see that fat loss take shape. Yeah, I just found a post that I did on this. So it was on like five different ways that caffeine impacts fat loss. So one is thermogenesis as in caffeine consumption increases your metabolic rate slightly. And and I love that you've been like, but to what extent? Because I think that's always the most important thing, which I will get to actually. Um, So this is often why you feel a bit hotter after you've had a coffee. Like I, if I go to Costa, because the coffee is so strong there, like I'm like sweating afterwards. The second one, and I think it's probably the most impactful is appetite suppressant. Yeah. You have a coffee and then you end up usually eating less obviously if you have like a milky latte with syrup and blah 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 like the calories in the coffee probably outweigh any appetite suppressant effect but if you're having like a black coffee or 
I don't know, maybe even a latte. I don't know, but basically be aware of that element as well. And then there seems to be a slight increase in brown adipose tissue, which is this type of fat that is more metabolically active than white adipose tissue. Again, the magnitude of effect there is likely to be so small that you wouldn't even be able to measure it. And then the obvious one of like, if you're taking a pre-workout and you've got the caffeine going through, you're more likely to then move a little bit more. Now, whether that's pre-workout or that's just like spontaneous activity of, oh, I've had a coffee and now I'm up for going for a walk. Whereas before I didn't want to go for a walk, activity can obviously have an effect. Um, And then the other thing that I think is probably quite large is the placebo effect. So Mm -hmm. if Chloe and I are like, oh, caffeine will, will suppress your appetite. Now it does, but like if you're told that it does it's probably even more impactful um I don't know if anyone else gets this but like if you even if I smell coffee sometimes I feel a little bit more like alert and awake no I don't don't think that does that happen to me I just I get really angry when I haven't had my coffee yet James takes like a year to make it and I'm like coffee 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 he's like shut the fuck up I'm like give me my coffee (laughs) um And then one study found that there was a reduction in body fat of four of 4% after 24 weeks. A reduction in body fat of 4%. That's actually quite a lot. After 24 weeks of consuming four cups of coffee per day compared to a decaf control. And I put a note in here to say that the participants were overweight to begin with. Yeah. Coffee as well, but. I um I've done a po- I've done a post on pre-workout specifically and yeah I'll put I'll post it in the group it's one of the have I done that this round I don't think I have it's one of the group of posts that I put up um so that might be interesting to read but yeah like we say it can it's an aid it's not a solution it's an aid to the solution which is being a calorie deficit um and it it I definitely would would recommend it plus coffee is just really good for you as well yeah I think people forget they're always like oh we don't have too much coffee and like obviously too much of anything is not good for you but there's quite a lot of research to show it reduces cardiovascular disease risk as well yeah yeah Um, okay right Claire first week on proper 1600 calories and I've dropped one pound not huge but I'm so happy after 21 days consistently at the same weight that's great and a pound a week is actually pretty good um victoria similar to weighing i find being in a facebook group difficult for my mindset sometimes as it's hard not to compare your progress with other others and as someone who is overweight and struggled for a long time this is difficult how can i get the most out of the plan if i do feel like this i'm not a great sharer on social media in general um well, the first thing I would say is let's just put social media to one side. I was having a chat with um, one of you about this yesterday. It's really normal and really human to compare yourself to other people, whether you're doing it on Facebook or in real life or on Instagram. I really want you to try and work on the mindset and the understanding that it's you against you. It You're, you're your competition. You're who you're trying to improve. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. It's about you and how you want to feel, and how you want to look, and how you want to live your life. So really, really try and draw all that focus back to yourself. Um, There's that really famous photo of like Usain Bolt, 
running past one of the runners who's like looking behind him and it's like don't focus on what other people are doing focus on where you're going or you're going to trip up and then when I say this a lot as well about like competition or other people making you feel down it's one thing to see somebody doing something you want to do or being somewhere you want to be and feel have that pull at you and be like oh okay you then you need to take that and you need to use it as fuel and motivation to get there yourself and don't ever look back at it again it's once you've seen it once you've seen it enough it's done um and and forget that person forget where they are focus on you getting where you want to go um and that's that's a really nice piece of advice in terms of not using the, the facebook group you don't i mean i think it's a really lovely group of women who all have completely different goals completely different bodies um completely different ages races backgrounds like I love that about this group and I think your well your diversity is welcome here um very much so and you're certainly not the only client we have who's got a lot of body fat to lose we have a lot of clients who have a lot of body fat to lose um so uh, try and embrace it however if you're like no look it's really not for me and I get that like I struggle with social media (laughs) if anyone hadn't noticed um I struggle with it too, then just use it to tag Emma and I with coaching things you need and to watch the lives. And that's all you need to use it for. Yeah, I I would say one of the things I've noticed about like, even within like the more mentoring side of work that I do now, like the most successful people I see, see someone else doing something, they're like, fucking hell, if she can do it, then like, I think I can do it. Right. And it's so interesting because you'll, you'll get the same observation from one person and they'll be like wow if she can do it I can do it and someone else will be like I've not got any results yet and that's made me feel shit about myself so and and sometimes and I'm not saying this is like because I'll be both people depending on the mood that I'm in right so I'll see something at some point and I'll be like I didn't need to see that today and I, yeah. I feel overwhelmed and whatever and other days I'll be like oh my god that's so inspiring like and seeing that transformation just makes me think hey that was me a couple of or that's me now and that's where I could be um so you can like comparison isn't always bad I think is the point I'm trying to get to like comparison can be massively motivating and the other thing to remember about this group is like no one thinks they're better than anybody else like anyone who's I don't know showed a a transformation of themselves or like where they are now like they they were exactly where you are and they've made those changes and they want to help you do the same as well and feel the same way and I think like Chloe's saying there's so many different people in this group with so many different goals and what I love about it is everyone gets just as excited about it you know it could be someone like I've done my first 800 meter run I've never run before and everyone's buzzing and then someone else is like I ran the the three peaks without any breaks and we're like bloody hell that's freaking amazing and actually weirdly in some ways that first 800 meter run to me seems even more impressive but yeah Yeah. like it doesn't matter what you're achieving if it's an achievement to you then everyone's here to celebrate it I completely agree I love that while we're on this I ran on the treadmill for four minutes yesterday and I don't don't understand this has like never happened before I was running actual running I had to say so yesterday I had to run as well I think I was voicing it in you actually and I was like um oh no I was voicing it in Emma Guns because she was like I've got a tip for you to take out your Invisalign and then I, I was at this like random hospital because of the NHS 24 thing and it was like it looked completely deserted and I was like my appointment is right now like and it was the only one and obviously like an emergency on a Saturday and blah 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 so I was like running around this hospital like trying to find 
anyway it was like a completely different place but I had to actually go for a run to get there it's so funny I'm like how do people do this for half an hour like half our clients like I'm so good I'm so good oh do you know what I heard this really interesting thing the other day if you look back it might have been the New York Times or some like famous um newspaper newspaper when running first became a thing apparently there was quite a lot of cases of people like the police like stopping people being like why are you running like because because when you think about it now like we if we see a jogger we're like oh they're going for a jog like you don't really think anything of it but even now if you see someone like say in a suit running down the road you're kind of like what are they running from or like what are they running to or like they're obviously in a rush or something but yeah apparently it's like people kept getting stopped being like why are you running and they were like I'm just going for a run I love that that makes me laugh so much I, I always it was so shocked to the system moving back to London and seeing people running in suits and cycling in suits I was like what what's going on it's so weird um okay Trudy hi ladies I'm watching from lovely sunny Belgium as my husband is posted here I know you did answer a bit on it Chloe but could you guys talk about the waist to hip ratio measurement and how it could help with seeing more non-scale victories p.s I hate BMI measurements as it doesn't take account of build um so uh, what more do you want to say about waist I mean I guess the interesting part of this is like most people do use BMI but waist to hip ratio is actually more predictive of metabolic health the only slight negative I would say about that is that you can't choose where you lose body fat from right and especially given that I mean, we, we should probably get the data on this, but I would say like at least half of our clients are going through menopause or perimenopausal, which means that you are going to have this redistribution of body fat around your middle to an extent, maybe mitigated a bit if you're taking HRT and obviously you're doing all the right things with diet. But it, if you're focusing too much on, to be honest, any measurement, because all measurements have their limitations, then it can be quite demotivating if you're like, oh, I am losing fat, but actually my waist's gone up a little bit. Or I think it's another good, useful measurement to be taking. And I wouldn't focus too much on BMI. And as you've said here, like BMI doesn't take into account where you're storing your body fat. And if you're using it as a health marker, then where you're storing your body fat is just as important as how much body fat you have. Yeah, I, I nothing to add, all important points. Okay, uh, Sophie, I'm in a kid's indoor play area at the moment. So just having a quick listen whilst I steal two minutes for a sip of tea, feel like I've got much more energy to run around in here than I would have previously. Also less self-conscious. So thank you to the EC method. Oh, that's great. Brilliant. Um, Uh, Sophie, I find that sharing in the group is a motivator for me. I'm too shy to share on my own social media. So the group is a chance for me to be vulnerable and share with others on the same journey. And it's great that everyone is at different points in the journey. Yeah, I love that. And Carrie's just saying, we're a wonderful, diverse group. Um, okay, good. Shall we wrap up there? Because I don't think I can speak much more. <laughs> Yeah, I've been feeling for you this whole live. Um, okay, yeah. Also, if anyone's been like, mm, looks like Emma's missing a tooth, that's because I am. <laughs> just, because, you know, I just want to draw attention to it. I did it's have a, a tooth. 
Yeah. Um, guys, we'll be back on Wednesday and Thursday next week at 3.45 p.m. So we will see you then. Um, and I hope you all have a lovely ugh, Monday. Uh, what? Why? Mondays, Mondays are horrible. Uh, okay, bye everyone.